Recording in progress. Welcome to the Ladude Cast. Welcome, welcome. Your Levi guide, and we also have a Austin guide, and we're Austin here today guide. giving you our tenth episode of the Ladude Cast. Ooh. And just so people that are just tuning in can know, we're just uh, a couple of dudes. Couple that, of dudes. Uh, couple of dudes that are just reviewing literature given our breakdowns we try to be a little entertaining but sometimes we fall flat and that's okay that's okay yeah, we're figuring it we, out we are figuring it out we might have 20 listeners but we appreciate every <laughs> single one of you yeah and i mean that those first we've come a long way from the first couple of episodes it was a struggle and uh, we couldn't figure out the audio or uploading or anything like that. But you know what I enjoy about this a lot is that we just don't put pressure on each other. And it's like, you know what? Like we put it out. We just had a good convo about something and we're reading and like we're staying in touch and it feels good. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun exercise because you we're not just reading. We're getting to talk about it. And that's my big issue is like when I started reading a lot, maybe three or four years ago, I had nobody to talk to about the shit I was reading. And I knew I was annoying my friends that didn't read because every sentence I would start like, Hey, so I was reading this book or so I was flipping through this one book and yada, yada. And they would get so annoyed that all my conversations were dominated by books. So it just feels good to, you know, have like a kind of like a virtual book club. Yeah, no. And I, I totally share that same sentiment. I mean, I read a lot in high school and college. Um, and it's I've always said it's like when you find someone at a party or something that's read the same book as you, you know, if it's kind of an obscure book or something like this, I don't know. It's like you have this secret language together and you like corner each other in a party and you're just like, you, you know, you just start talking about stupid shit. I mean, and so it's really nice to just kind of have like some boundaries for that here and I don't know, a safe, a safe place to communicate with another lover of mm. the reader. Shit, mm. I'm trying to rhyme. I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we fall flat on entertaining sometimes. Um, so anyways, <laughs> no, I'm playing. That was great. Um, did you think we were going to get to 10 episodes? Um, Let's well, see, that's we started what this. I, was, I, I kind of felt like we would. Yeah, honestly, I feel like. I mean, I knew that you would be in my life because it's like we've been friends since forever. So I was like, yeah, we'll probably get to 10. But that's what's so beautiful about like not pressuring each other is like I wasn't concerned either way. You know, I was kind of just like if we got to five and we're like, word, we'll pick it up next year. Like that would have been great. But the fact that like, you know, it's been fun and we want to keep doing it and we we find good books and we have a good rhythm with the short stories and everything like why not keep it rolling? Like it's it's a good it's a good thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. Did I get I would get to 10. Yeah, I wanted to get to 10. Uh, hopefully we get to 10. Uh, we obviously, like you said, we had some audio issues in the beginning and and now we're a little distant from one another, but through and through, you know, I mean, we're, we're at 10, we're averaging, I'm pretty sure what, two, two a month, at least two yeah, a month. I mean, two, three a month. when did we start then? Cause I feel like I, think, I started some new jobs and I feel like we started, I started everything at the same time. So it seems like February. I want to say we started talking about it late February and then by like early March, mid March, we started hitting some pods. Yeah. Um, it's been a fun time. It's been a great adventure. Um, it's, it's naturally evolved kind of like what you you were saying with like, we're not putting pressure on one another and we have like a rhythm with short stories and then like a short book maybe, and then like a long book. And so it's, uh, slowly but surely taking form and, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just really fun. And if anything, you know, if nobody listens and nobody cares what we have to say about these books, um, it's just fun to have this as like an archive to think back later, oh, yeah. you know? I mean, I've I've said that since I mean, since I first got on social media, I just always thought it was so fascinating to like just leave things for posterity. And like, you know, from a creative standpoint or from like even like a ancestry.com standpoint, like four or five generations from now, it's just one click to get great, great, great grandfather Levi's entire like social <laughs> digital opinions. footprint. Yeah. 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 Or it's like sure. you're writing a paper on like prominent figures and it's just like, click, you've got Kanye West's entire everything. And it's just like right there. And mm -hmm. so I'm just totally pro 
um, you know, leaving things out on the web and, you know, and just unabashedly like, Hey, this is what I was like at the time, you know? And like, these are the conversations we had. True. Do you think there will come a time in like the next decade or two that uh, somebody in our career, maybe a arch nemesis in one of our careers is like, all right, I'm about to cancel this guy. Yeah. Not for anything on here. I mean, I've done way worse stuff than talk about books with a buddy. <laughs> yeah. If it happens, yeah, it's, it's I, happening somewhere else. Right. I mean, but we think that maybe we are not controversial now, but who knows in the future. I just think about what uh, Joe Rogan always says is like, I talk a lot on the internet and eventually I'm going to say some dumb shit. You know, there's, there's obviously, you know, thousands upon thousands of hours of him talking. We have 10, but uh, nonetheless, it's, it's I mean, no regrets. If I'm at a place that's going to cancel me for anything, really, I, 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 I'm going to appreciate the wake up call and be like, I shouldn't have been here anyway. You know, um, if I can't be given that much grace, um, then I don't, I don't want to be there. So true enough. True enough. Well, I'm glad you're my co-host. I'm, I'm loving this pod. It's real fun. Just wanted to yeah, say that on our 10th episode and hopefully we get to 20 and then yeah. 30. <laughs> happy 10th. Happy 10th. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, today, we are bringing our listeners three short stories, right? Yeah, we did three short stories. Um, you you picked a Hemingway story. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll go another classic American writer. I picked a Mark Twain story. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've been tipped off on this this girl, uh, Dana Spiota, for a long time. And I really, really enjoy her writing style. So I picked one of her stories as well. And was that the Jelly and Jack story? Yeah, that was the Jelly and Jack that one was really good. I really like that one. Do you want to start with that one or should we, how, do you want to have an order to this or what are you um, thinking? I think, I mean, we, yeah, let's go, let's go. Well, actually let's go back to back legends and then we'll go with jelly and Jack. We'll save that for later. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. So Mark Twain's book or short story, excuse me. Yeah. What was that one called? Something Blue Jays. The stump- What's what stumped the Blue Jays or something what like that? What stumps the Blue Jays? Uh, give us your breakdown of that because um, I'm gonna be yeah, cool. super, super light and just classic Twain. Just like he's probably just sitting there with like a, a corn cob pipe, you know, <laughs> just like writing some stupid shit, looking at a Blue Jay or whatever. But basically what it is, is like um, it's a breakdown of like all animals speak um, and they all speak to each other and the blue jays are the best talking animals. Uh, mm. You might think that it's cats or something, but cats actually speak nicely, but they have terrible grammar and he, he's just making jokes about like blue jays are the best at talking uh, based mm. off of this person's observations. And then he talks about like how there's this one blue jay um, who's drop who picks up an acorn and like drops into a hole And then is like kind of freaked out because doesn't know where the acorn went because didn't hear it land anywhere, like puts its eye down to the hole, can't see it anywhere. And then it's kind of like, oh, you know, WTF. And then like goes and gets another acorn and continues this process Um, all the while. All these other blue jays come and like give their opinions and try to diagnose the problem. And um, it becomes kind of like a, a, a a satirical like moment where all these blue jays are trying to figure out what's going on and like giving their high burst opinions. And then, um, you know, to finish it out, spoilers, uh, someone opens it up and they're all just going into a house. Um, all these acorns are just filling up a house. Um, and yeah, so that's basically the plot of it. Um, it's just, and they all laugh about it. Like, okay, that's where it is. Ha ha. Um, and yeah, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts about it. Um, didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that might be Mark Twain's writing style. Uh, could you speak on that a little bit? Is that is, oh, did it seem I mean, Mark, like a Mark Twain the, short story to you? It did. I mean, the thing is, is he's highly satirical. Okay. Um, so, you know, Maybe a lot of my, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, he made he made jabs about congressmen. He made jabs about different types of things. Um, 
and just to kind of make sure I was like standing on the right footing, I did look up like, hey, what's kind of the, you know, general meaning of this, for, like mm-hmm. the consensus of people. And uh, they said it's like a satire on uh, just like the way humans are and like how we like, oh, what's the problem here? And we all come at it with like this this high versed opinion and we, we think it's one way or someone says it's the other way. And then it's, it's really so simple. Um, and I kind of, I kind of like, you know, tried to stretch it even further, um, not to like stretch for illusions and try and get deep when it's not supposed to, but it's, it kind of reminded me of just like, you know, acorns are seeds and you plant seeds. It's something that grows. Right. Um, and they're going to this house. So everyone's like trying to figure out like, where do they go? What's the meaning? What's the meaning of life? What's, what's really happening here when really we're like just here to like, you know, you know, populate a home, <laughs> you know? And like, that sure. was kind of like my stretch of it. I don't, I doubt that's what Twain was thinking. Um, but in general, and it would take maybe a read or two to kind of like pull all of the illusions and jokes out, but I didn't take this piece super seriously. And I just kind of enjoyed it. And, if he had a, if he had a joke about congressmen or something like that, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe my brain is just too literal. Maybe I'm losing my fluid intelligence and moving into a more adult, senior, crystallized intelligence because uh, just I didn't like it. I mean, he he wanted to start by saying, like, all animals can talk. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, like my dog communicates with me. I like, I have a relationship with my dog and you can have a relationship with your pets where you can understand what they're trying to say to you, etc. Um, so like, I get what he was trying to say with the whole animals can communicate. And I was like, Oh, okay. I, th- I guess that's where he's going with this. And then he just kind of makes this like blanketed statement or generalizing statement that blue Jays are the best communicators. And I'm like, okay, why blue Jays? You know, I'm like, what? what's the difference between blue jays and other birds? <laughs> well, he's you talking about us. I, no, I get I get that. I get I got it at by the end that he's, you know, uh, making the analogy that blue jays are human beings, how we all have different opinions and and we all, you know, can be deceitful and political and inspiring and passionate. I get all that. But why Blue Jays? I just <laughs> I couldn't get over like, what's so special about fucking Blue Jays? And Maybe it was just because so so there's a guy, the guy that's the narrator of the story is telling a story about a guy that was saying that the Blue Jays were good communicators. Right. Yeah. That's what it like. That's another like Twain pioneering thing. Very like meta almost story and stories. So maybe the guy, not the narrator, but the, the guy that the narrator's talking about it just is really in tune to blue jays and he just you know it clicked for him that you know adult like humans were like blue jays you know maybe it just all came together for him and he realized like humans are blue jays (laughs) but but like i just i did it i didn't i didn't find it entertaining like i'm like okay what is he trying to say and like there's not even that much deeper meaning to it like i would have found it better if like at the end, you know, like all the Blue Jays, you know, thought a conspiracy of it all, like about the acorns yeah. going into the house. I would have thought it, you well, know, it was cliche as it would be, like it would still make, like have meaning. And it just, this makes me know. want to ask you a question. Um, and this is kind of just like a question about reading, I guess, at large. Like, do you, do you feel gypped? Like, like, do you find reading is like, oh, I did all this work. And do you kind of feel gypped if like nothing, like if, you know, you're kind of left. I deserve a payback if I put in yeah. my attention and effort. I deserve something in return. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because yes. like, and that's, do and that's kind of what I was getting. I feel that way if there's like a mutual understanding um, with like the author that I'm supposed to feel this way. Um, and you know, there's authors that give that to you. Like, um, I've talked about like Dave Foster Wallace or Thomas Pynchon or something like that, where it's like the work is there and like, or like James Joyce or some, something like this, the work is there and like, they want you to work hard and feel good about like, you know, the puzzle they set up and the characters and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's, and, and the short story lends more to this, um, like this story to me, um, 
you know, and kind of I, I was going into it like this. It's no different than actually looking at a bluebird for like five minutes, you know, and it's like, what are you going to feel like gypped by the bluebird? And like, what did you what did that? Why did you do that from branch <laughs> to branch? Like, what are you even, what's going on here? Like, why didn't what are you all blue jays doing? And like you feeling gypped by the blue jays when it's really just like, dude, you just came here and you're just kind of like a fly on the wall for, for Twain just talking about some BS. Right. And it's like, you don't, and that's what it is to me is just like, okay, here's a little slice of this guy, you know? And like, um, I don't think in this story he's, you know, definitely you read Huckleberry Finn or you Tom Sawyer. It's, it's different. It's like, Oh, I feel like I'm working for the meaning here and I, I feel good and I, I'm coming out with something. Uh, I didn't, you know, and like, I didn't really walk into it that way. So, so I was just kind of curious here- about, you know, like because in the in these short forms, like poems and things like that, there's a lot of times where it's just kind of like, you know, someone's talking about and the sky's blue in this way to me. And you're just kind of like, well, who, what, who gives a shit, you know, like and it's Look, just part of it. Here's right? the thing. Here's the thing. If the meaning of your story is that it was meaningless then I do find that to be somewhat valuable. Like if you're, if your story is about like, Hey, actually this doesn't mean shit. Like there's no meaning to this. We're all kind of like, like an existential or like a nihilistic type of theme. Like it doesn't fucking matter. That's the story. Nothing matters. I will appreciate that to some extent, but this story, it's, it, it had some meaning. He was trying to say that, you know, us humans can you know be as simple as a blue jay and kind of like you know care about petty or simplistic things like so there was a little bit of meaning attached there but at the end of the day it still there was no (laughs) end to the story there's no i think i think for me for me like i'm i'm happy enough to just be like then every time from now on I will look at a blue jay and I'll kind of like have this inside joke with a guy who's dead about like, oh, like, you know, we think we're blue jays, you know, and like this blue jays like got it all figured out. And like, I've got this inside joke with a dead guy. And now I get to laugh about like you and this whole conversation. And it's just like, that's what that's where these types of stories to me that's where I derive the pleasure is like, okay, now when I look at blue jays, I'm kind of just like, oh, these little fuckers, you know, like they're us, you know, I guess. But then it brings me back to my first point. Why Blue Jays? I mean, you could have said that about anything. I, I just like I said, maybe I'm just being hypercritical, and maybe I'm well, just and, too. You know, literal. that might that might be that might be like a thing of the time too, where it's like there there could have been more meaning. It could have been you know, a Blue Jay in, might have been a thing. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. I haven't thought about it really that much. Blue is a color that signifies a lot of things. You know. Um, I thought blue jays. I thought the, I thought why cat, you know, was, is that him saying that like blue jays are guys? Cause he did say J for a while too. So, I mean, who's, who's even president is, was it someone who had a J in their name? You know, like it could be anything. Right. True. Uh, So it's like all that stuff is like, you know, you kind of have to just make it a wash and see what happens. all right sorry for the hiccup there i think we had a a 10th episode humbling moment where the internet outage occurred so we're running on phone data and we're gonna make it through this right austin Uh, right (laughs) right um no yeah that was that was weird you know what that was that was an xfinity outage in my area that's like that never happened to me here and so I think the forces try to be against us, you know, like I was saying, um, did you think we we're going to make it to the 10th one? And somebody somewhere out there was like, probably, you know what? probably Twain, the way you were bad mouthing him. Yeah, I have heard he sometimes comes back in ghostly form and terrorizes people that yeah. shit talk his work on podcasts. I mean, I have heard that. To rock his mustache and, and you just talking to him. <laughs> I really anyway. want to curl this bad boy up. Anyways, where were we at? Um, where do you remember where we were at? God, I say we just hard boy. stop it right there and let's move on to Hemingway. All right. Sorry, sorry, Twain. Um, so I Googled 
um, short stories every man should read. Mm. And 50 Grands by Ernest Hemingway popped up. And so that's why I select it. That's why I chose it. And I knew Hemingway was a popular author. Don't know if I've ever read any of his work. Have you? Have I? Yeah, I have. Of course you have. <laughs> What's, what is he mostly popular for? A lot of things. Um, he's got a short story uh, collection that's pretty good where um, he's got a, what's it called? Something about white elephants. Pretty common. It, his whole thing is about like, y- you know, he gives you the tip of the iceberg and then there's this whole other iceberg um, underneath it where you derive the meaning. Um, I read a book of his, The Sun Always Rises, about like a pilot who the entire time he's got like, like I'm trying to think of a better word, but I'm just going to say fucked up penis because like he got in a plane crash from like a war. Peni. So, <laughs> peni. Um, but yeah, it's like a completely, what's the word that starts with M? And it's like not malfunction, but like it's destroyed. Ah, oh, what's the word? Malnourished, maimed, maltreatment. Maimed, maimed, like maimed, maimed, maimed. He's got like a maimed penis. Yeah. And, and here like he I am never, thinking it was a malnourished he, penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, consequently. But yeah, he, he never tells the reader that throughout. And you just like you're just supposed to figure out like you're just supposed to pick up context clues. Um, That's a big one of his. He's got a whole book about like him and his friends like drinking in Paris and being pretentious assholes. Um, So did you so, see... Like, did you oh. see his writing style within this uh, short story? Did it oh, come yeah, out? 100%. I mean, it, it's categorically Hemingway. He, like, invented it. It's just, it is a little annoying where it's like, you know, like what you said, every story a man should read or something, and, like, people are like Hemingway. So he's just got, like, this thing about him that I don't necessarily agree with. Mm. Um, and I didn't I didn't understand that till I read um, the... Uh, I think it's called a movable feast, which is like his stories about being in his twenties and being in Paris. And then once I read that, I was just kind of like a little turned off because um, it's just, it's very pretentious, very like hipsterish, and very like, it was just a turn off where I was like, you're not like a manly man. You're kind of just like a bum, you, you know, who's like, you know, and I was just, I don't know, maybe I'm talking shit. Easy but... now. Don't suffer a power outage in your area. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. And yeah, I don't know. It just a lot of things. I also, you know, just I am hesitant because in when I was in high school, especially, I, I really liked all these writers who like commit suicide, and like so I'm hesitant to be like this guy's got it like figured out, you know, and I should learn from this guy because I don't think I should. He died by suicide. Yeah, he shot himself with a shotgun in the head. Oh God, I hate it when that happens. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I really like this story. And the only reason I ask is like if you saw his writing style in this story and the same goes with Mark Twain, like if they just have like a signature style, somebody that's read a lot of literature and even has a degree in literature can like pick out and like, oh, like if you didn't even know the title or the author name, you could just read a read a story yeah. and be like, oh, that's so and so. That's his mark. Yeah, very much so. It's very taut, very journalistic, no extra words, just this man said this and this man did this and then Mm. this happened and then this man felt this way about it and this man did this you know it's very like just like that and then the point yeah yeah um it can be very beautiful that way sometimes too um Mm. i'm not saying he's a great writer and i enjoy the stuff but i'm a little turned off about like the the um the mysticism behind him and like how he's like the quintessential male writer i'm a little like yeah i don't know Mm. debatable So, yeah, so I guess this short story that we chose kind of speaks to that like machoism that you were seemingly saying that he had. This story is called 50 Grands, and uh, it was about this boxer. He was a a champion, and he's uh, getting towards the end of retirement. Um, he, He values his family. He values the money that he's earned, but he doesn't seem that passionate to in the boxing game he the the guy that we're following his name's jack brennan the boxer uh he seems to uh see boxing as a way to provide for his family and and provide for himself and give him things obviously and uh so he's he's having a retirement fight 
and it's going to be his last fight and he bets him against himself. So he puts 50 grand down and he's like, I'm going to lose. I mean, I'm a favorite in this fight. I'll only get 25,000 back, but I'm probably going to lose. This guy's better than me. And nonetheless, he's going to take a fall. He's going to see that he loses. So Jack, he's about to face uh, his final opponent. It's this young, hungry guy. And, and it, it's cool to see that uh, their boxing match, uh, it's laid out kind of in like two or three pages. It's a pretty good boxing mm. scene that Ernest gives us. And uh, early in the fight, you know, um, Jack Brennan, our champion boxer, he he's getting the best of him because, you know, he's been doing the damn thing. He's an ex expert at his craft. He's beaten the crap out of this guy, but he knows, you know, it's the end of the road for him and he's getting tired and towards, you know, mid to late rounds, he starts to lose just naturally. He starts to lose because, you know, he, he's not as fast as this guy. He's not as powerful or he doesn't have the endurance there as he once had. And so he starts to lose naturally as he expected. That's why I bet against himself. And then we see that the, his opponent uh, low blows him. Mm -hmm. And so if he lows, low blows our fighter Jack and Jack stays down, then uh, the guy, the opponent gets disqualified and then Jack wins and then he would lose his bet. And it was kind of a double, like a double crossing that he experienced from the betters. Like he knew that that was like, you know, a conspiracy against him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he powers through and he could just stay down and win the championship belt, but he's like, fuck that. And he gets up, even though he's just been struck low blowed. And well, he not win the champ. He already has a championship belt, right? Correct. I just mean okay. when, the, when the title fight. So he gets up and he's like, all right, I'm going to show these fuckers. And he really just puts it on his opponent. He gets him against the rope and he's like, the guy's flabbergasted. He doesn't know uh, what the hell is going on because he should have stayed down from that low blow. And then our champion Jack uh, low blows his opponent <laughs> so fucking hard to the point where he can't get up. And then Jack gets disqualified. He loses the match and he wins his bet. So yeah that's, and that's the story yeah what would you think about it i was curious while i was reading it because uh i mean you've got you've got a wrestling background you obviously you enjoy ufc a, a bunch and uh so that's one thing that hemingway is really really good at is like you know these <clears throat> these kind of like you know very uh sp spectacular like events like a boxing match or like a bull riding session or like something like this he's very very good at describing these battle scenes stuff like that mm. so um what did you what did you feel like throughout that that kind of whole sequence there at the end um towards the end i i i thought that goes to show first off how corrupt boxing is boxing has a long history of corruption <laughs> yeah. and stuff like and they just made it seem so um relevant and he brought it to the forefront back in like i think this, this did feel relevant yeah this short story like came out in like the 50s and and so for him to even recognize that boxing was corrupt back then uh says something and so that's what i thought of and then i also thought like yeah somebody that's an expert and he's an old vet of the fighting game for mm -hmm. them to be able to pick themselves back up out of you know being knocked down low bloat and he's supposed to lose off that uh for him to pick himself back up it just goes to show to me like where knowledge and wisdom and being an expert in your craft um how much value all that has mm -hmm. like he was able to pick himself up after a low blow when the younger guy you know couldn't find it in himself to pick himself up yeah and i think I think that's, you know, we, I talked about Hemingway kind of having the, the iceberg style. Um, and so like leading up to it, he's like getting wasted and he's just being a fool and crying and like, you know, um, well, he got wasted because he has insomnia. Let's not pick on insomniacs now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, he's just, he, he was worried that he was being foolish, uh, because he had to drink so much and he like spilled the beans about how he's going to go down in a fight and everything. And it was like, an emasculating 
um, process. And like, so when you see these scenes of him, like kind of shameful the next morning, like picking at a grapefruit, like that's Hemingway talent. That's the bottom of the iceberg where, you know, he's, you know, what a grapefruit could be like even a vagina or something like that. Like that's kind of like what Hemingway talks about. And so like the boxing match itself was very, very interesting because it was like, it showed that like that low blow hit was like the emasculating. I give up. Um, you know, I, I knew stay I down, this you, fight. stay yeah. down, you bitch. Uh, but then <laughs> it was kind of like he got up and like low blow the other guy being like, hey, I'm losing on like for me and for my yeah. family and like for yeah. my masculinity. I know mm. when to like and it was like, you know, you the, can't double always, cross me, bitches. Yeah, I'm, it was, I'm winning this. It's always this. It's always this tortured, you know, seemingly weak, but strong, like courageous you know, kind of mm-hmm. balance that Hemingway can strike really well. Um, so I really, I, I really like that. And like, where it's kind of like, you take my manhood and like, you think that's how I'm going to go out. It's like, no, that's not how I'm going to go out. Like I'm going to go out with, you know, and just the scene, like follow my it, sword. Yeah. 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 I played, I played it like a movie, you know, like just imagine these two boxing guys and like, he gets a low blow and he's just like, Ugh, uh, and then like, you know, he gets up and he low blows the other guy. And, and the fun like, thing it, is that's happened that happens a lot and more in fighting in combat sports than you would realize. Like there's been so many times where somebody will get low blowed and they'll be like, what the hell, man? And then they'll just <laughs> go back and do the exact same thing to the other guy. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of a tit for tat thing in the sport. And you wouldn't really think about that because you can easily be disqualified and lose. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I love the juxtaposition of like winning by losing. You know, yeah. like he, yeah. he lost, he lost his belt. He lost the fight, but he won what he set out to win, which was exactly. the bet that was for him to lose. Like, I just love that whole kind of treatment of it, even though it is very corrupt and uh, morally yeah. gray. Well, it's, it's so rare and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's so rare for any fighter to go out on top. We might feel like it's not rare because we celebrate the ones who do so much like but it's actually extremely rare for any fighter to like go out on their own terms. So yes. like to, to kind of have this final, final battle and, you know, to put money on yourself failing and to, to have this low blow exchange with whatever metaphor he wanted about masculinity involved. Like it's, it's kind of like a, a poetic win. Yes, definitely. Um, it's really sad when you see championship fighters um, try to stay around the sports game. Like I don't, I don't like even Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, Jones Jr. coming back and like trying to have their boxing. It just it that's a little different in boxing because these champions that keep coming back and keep fighting, even if they're losing, are getting paid a good amount of money and always have throughout their career been paid a good amount of money. But UFC fighters, like there's a ton of former champions that are just getting their uh, head bashed in every time they go, they'll be on like a five fight losing streak, but they continue to have to fight because they've lived a life where they have money, but they don't have enough because the sport doesn't you, the UFC specifically is what I'm talking about. Doesn't pay them enough. And so what you end up getting is a lot of fighters. Like you were kind of just saying, uh, not going out on their own terms and having to, yeah. you know, just destroy their bodies. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of, I don't have a good vocabulary for a bunch of fighters. I enjoy watching UFC and I, I do watch it a lot, but like, I I'm thinking of like Ben Askren where it's like, he's just like, I'm going to go out and get my ass kicked and like mm. cash a check. Like, you know, it's mm. like, <laughs> yeah. And then that's like kind of what I was he has talking to do about. That. Yeah. Because the thing is he was a champion in like, two or three different organizations an Olympic wrestler. And it's like, why does that guy keep having to get his ass beat for a paycheck? Like, why is that guy not already set? He's already entertained the fans to such a high degree. It's, it's just sad to see that there's not enough money yeah. for him. And there is enough money for him. The UFC fighters, it's a big topic right now. The UFC fighters get maybe 10% of all the uh, profit that the UFC gets mm-hmm. while in other organizations like the NBA and the NFL and stuff like that, they get half of everything. So the owners get half and then the players get half. Yeah. It's and I mean, that's, sad. I mean, Hemingway's kind of like, he's hitting that topic where it's like a lot of these guys, they're not getting paid enough. This boxer wasn't getting yeah. paid enough. He had to go double down on himself losing, you know, mm-hmm. to get back something. 
mm-hmm. um, which is like, you know, it's, it's so risky and so crazy on so many levels. Right. So there's a lot Definitely. of interplay there. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Definitely an interesting dynamic. And I, I really, I really enjoyed the story a lot. Um, and I, I'm, it's just hitting me now that we never rated the first story because we got cut off. Yeah. Um, um, maybe let's save the ratings to the end. I don't know. Yeah. I usually like to do it every story, but given the situation, yeah, 10th anniversary anticipation. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did really like this story as well. And it, it, it was just very interesting to me. It's, it's kind of like, I think Ernest, I'm, I'm not sure if he was a boxer or anything. No, yeah, like he was. That. He was, he, he was, he liked to, he liked to fight people. He um, liked to square he, up. Yeah. He was a very macho person. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. he was, uh, but yeah, there's stories of him always getting in like scruffs. He was, he, he drank a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, it's definitely that type of person for sure. I figured, yeah, he had to have been a boxer, had to have been close to the fight world to have such a uh, intuitive insight to the yeah. fight world. I mean, that that was a pretty good perspective, I would say, from a fighter that candle is dimming on the yeah. on his. On, no, yeah. he's, he's definitely he's got his he had his finger on the pulse with all, all of that kind of stuff, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Did, I mean, is there anything else? Anything else? Oh. No, I think, oh. I think I, 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 <laughs> cool. All right, let's move on to Jelly and Jack. And that's by who? Uh, Dana Spiota. Dana Spiota. And she's a current writer. She's writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was to... tipped off. I was tipped off to her by um, actually one of my favorite writers, um, George Saunders. Um, I think he just mentioned her in an interview or something. And I, I started reading a little bit of her, a lot of excerpts, a lot of short stories and stuff. I hadn't read this one, so I'm not, I'm not coming into this. I'm coming into this fresh like you are, but man, like I've seen a few interviews with her and I just, I think she's so quick and so smart and um, a good counterweight to some of the, some of the things we read earlier in the podcast. So um, I can kind of jump into the plot outline or you can take it from here. Go for it. What do you think? Go for it. Cool. Yeah. So basically what we have um, is we've got a story about a girl who calls guys and, you know, kind of weasels her way into their life. And she sets up a schedule of like, you know, she calls and acts like, oh, I meant to call someone else, but she's acts very coy and charming on the other line, hooks the guy. And then, you know, he's like, well, when can I talk to you again? And she sets up like these weekly calls with these guys um and she does this a lot and um it's kind of like a catfishing thing and you're reading along and you're kind of like oh this is sexy this is interesting um and then dana just like slowly she starts to you know reveal more about the characters on both sides of the phone um and you start to realize like oh this girl she um you know she had an incident where she went partially blind and she got some of it back and like that's why she's able to describe um talking and the the concept of the phone and such great i really thought just beautiful writing and great detail it was just a pleasure to read um and so she's really like intuitive to the sound of everything and knows how to say ums to keep people to keep people guessing and knows when to be silent and picks up on all these other things and you learn all this kind of stuff and then you learn about the other person and you learn you know it's the guy that's in the story is he makes he composes music and he's he's not close with his daughter and like he smokes cigarettes and all this other kind of stuff <clears throat> and they end up starting to really really bond with each other and there's a beautiful scene kind of in the 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 beginning of the final um the final portion there where they start to kind of break down and she starts breaking all of her rules that she has for these guys um, and I, I really found it just extremely beautiful because they're starting to share things about each other and they're, they're starting to fall in love. And then you and then you really start to you really start to get that final onion peel uh, pulled back and you realize that, you know, she's not very pretty and like she's she's overweight or something and has stretch marks and she's actually old and like everybody thinks she's young and she lives close to Syracuse. So they think she's a young girl and, um, you know, she she knows how to leave those silences so that they fill it in. And it just becomes heartbreaking because, you know, she she starts to talk about other conversations she's had with men. And, um, you know, they ask it gets to a point where they ask for photos and, 
you know, she goes into this whole story about how she had to take photos of some of a friend of hers who's who's very nice looking and she sends it to them. And then she always has these nice, loving conversations with someone up until the moment that they want to meet. And then she has to cut it off because she knows it would never be real. And, um, you know, they would always be disappointed and she doesn't want to have to put herself through that. And the, the story kind of ends with her, <clears throat> her kind of being like, you know, for a second, I thought that this guy was different, but in the end, you know, I had to just send the fake photos and, you know, she, it, it's very, it's very sad, but it's, it's, it's kind of an instance of, um, you know, the beauty of what a telephone conversation is. I thought a lot about a podcast. I thought, you know, what is sound that this miracle that we can talk to each other like this from so far away. Um, and it's, it's really sad how like romance can happen, but the visual side of it and the superficial side of it, uh, you know, is just, uh, you can't deny it, you know, and like, she couldn't even deny it. Like, so mm -hmm. it was, it was really, it was really beautiful, um, description of, of sound and falling in love. And then it was kind of heartbreaking with like, you know, it's not everything. Um, yeah. but what do you think? I uh, I really enjoyed this story and and I really enjoyed it for multiple reasons. But one of the main reasons was because uh, some of these like at the beginning, I was like filling the story. I'm like, oh, this is kind of like two people falling over the phone type of story. And then I was like, oh, this bitch is being deceitful. And then I was like, oh, wait, actually, this is kind of really upsetting and sad for her. And I think it's interesting because like this is a catfish story. I mean, through and through, this is a catfish story. But whenever you hear a catfish story, it's always about the person getting catfished. It's never really about the, the story about the catfisher. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. so it's a it's an interesting insight on like why somebody could bring themselves to the point where they're deceitful. I mean, she was telling uh, what is it? Is it called white lies? Like little, little, like, yeah, yeah, little fibs, little misinformation. Or, yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> little fake news, China. Little, little fake news, little misinformation. And, um, because, you know, she, like you said, led these guys on to believe she's like, I live, you know, in, in Syracuse. So all these guys, you know, they, she kind of led them on to believe that she was a grad student at Syracuse. And she was like, well, I can, I am a student of like, you know, learning how to be blind and stuff like that. And, and she said she ne never really felt like she was the person she saw in the mirror, which I thought was really sad and stuff because there's tons of people that have like body dysmorphia issues. And I don't know, it, it, it made me think of her. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, I have. have. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And it, it made me think like, can you, of course you have, what was that? <laughs> it's a classic film. <laughs> um, right, moving on. Uh, um, it made me think of that. And it made me want to ask you, like, can you fall in love through the phone? Can you fall in love? Can you truly fall in love without the physical presence? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think you can. And I, and I think it, for me, it's, um, it's a youthful thing. And I think that's kind of like what I was thinking about. I mean, I remember countless like whatever quote unquote girlfriends where it's like I would play a video game and there was like one other girl online and, uh, you know, we would talk for a long time. That was like an early stage thing. And then it was like, oh, I got, you know, you got your friend's phone number in middle school or whatever. And you, you talk after school and like, but that's still a, very, a physical presence where it's still you're, a, it's still a uh, physical presence, but it's also kind of like, um, how do you explain like you learn I got a lot of my social chops there um, and I didn't you know I wasn't comfortable enough to talk to people in a certain way uh, physically you know because I'm shocked I'm, I'm tense you know but when you're in the comfort of your own bed you know you don't care about how you look and you can kind of like you see this you with let her your guard down yeah. yeah she she can she can flip her hair she literally says that she imagines herself in someone else's body and like, you know, when you can close your eyes and just be there and like, you know, feel your own skin and not feel anything weird pace. I, I'm a big pacer when I'm on the phone, mm -hmm. when I, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, I really connected with it because it's um, I really think that you can have deep conversations with people over the phone. Um, I, I think you can, too. I think I just I find it hard to imagine falling in love purely through the phone. And yeah, even and she I mean, and, and she even kind of knew that herself because i mean by the end 
of the story, she considers coming like, uh, you know, being truthful with the guy she's fallen in love with over the phone and showing, you know, her pic- her actual pictures of herself and, and coming and meeting him and stuff. She considers all that, but she knows that he can't truly be in love. Yeah. And that's because that's what I'm saying. Yeah. it's a youthful fantasy. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of like a, a, a fleeting first love type of like, let's let's do this. And and that's where she's getting her thrills. And it's it's a shame that she never takes the risk, you know? Yeah. Um, it, and, it and did. Yeah. There's a point in there where she she puts the it's actually a double edged sword. And she only she only mentions it. Uh, Dana Spiota only mentions it for like a, a couple sentences right there at the end where she's like, well, this guy could be fat. And, you know, smoking cigarettes and smell like, you know, dirty mints in his pocket. You know, he could be this. I could yeah. be getting, you know, and, and she does than me. How would I fit? But she didn't even really figure like how she would feel if he yeah. was something unattractive. It was a weird like head nod to this possibility, but it wasn't. She didn't stay linger there long. And like yeah. she didn't play with that thought much, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, I mean, there has to be times where. I mean, look at Tinder and stuff. It's like there has to be times where both people are just catfishing and they just show up and they're both relieved, but also pissed. And like, I, I would, yeah. you know, what is that like? Is that yeah. every? Yeah. Yeah. I I just think of also it's like. It's not technically catfishing, but even in like my personal life, I will refuse to let a woman get close to me to the point where like truth starts to get revealed about myself because I'm afraid that, you know, she'll find out the truth about, you know, whatever, and then she'll leave me. So just to avoid all of that, <laughs> I'm just like, I'll let you at six feet. But as soon as you start pushing a little bit and come five feet, four feet, three feet, I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I mean, that can be seen as a way that as like catfishing, I guess, like, because, you, you know, when you catfish, you're there. They're accepting your presence or your personality. They're accepting your love and attention, but they're not accepting all of you, you know? Yeah. Because they can't. In, in, in a weird way, this is like, you know, this is kind of like, not like an inversion, but it's a weird distortion of a catfish because what we think in modern terms of catfish is like, I am this physical body. Right. Um, mm. But, I, you know, but I'm actually not. But it's like she's she's not saying she's any physical body. Well, I mean, she eventually sends the I don't know where I'm going with this because she do, eventually does send the photos. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's very strange. And going back to your original point about I don't know if you can fall in love on the phone. I, I was like, how do people how did they do love letters like never met love letter couples back in the day? Like, what the hell is that? Like we fell in love through pen. <laughs> yeah. But even then it's like, did you really fall in love through the pen or was it like a, uh, arranged marriage or, yeah, you know, whatever I did. You, you mentioned this earlier to kind of, uh, get a little bit off track, but on the same track, um, I wrote down this quote and you kind of mentioned how beautifully she was able to describe and capture voices through the phone because she was blind And so, you know, her sensations, you know, her hearing perception was obviously way more in tune than the natural person. And she has this quote that, uh, you know, when you're communicating with some uh, somebody, some people just start to speak immediately, like right after they were so excited to uh, render their thoughts into speech that they practically overlap the person that's communicating with them. Uh, They spend the whole experience uh, form formulating their response because their response was the only thing they valued. And I feel like that happened so much. I think that's why these guys were kind of like craving her attention through the phone was because she was actually listening. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's something to be valued. And that's something we don't get. I feel like in society today, like it's, it's also that, um, it's just like, I don't know. Can you, do you, did you feel that way at no, all? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, when you read it to me, I'm just sitting here trying not to respond too fast, but like when you read it to me, <laughs> I, I got chills. Cause they're like, and I, I'm not kidding. I don't really even know how to talk about it, but like when that's that back and forth where they both start to reveal each other. And then she talks about how like, there's a hick, like there's a, 
his voice catches a little bit and then like without even trying her voice catches a little bit and then like mm-hmm. she hears the unmistakable you know cry of a grown man and stuff mm-hmm. like that was real and like i yeah. really i thought that was just such a beautifully laid out scene and process and mm-hmm. um i mean the way that this is written and the way that she's able to talk about voice and and, and we're just reading but like i knew exactly what she meant mm-hmm. um because you know <clears throat> talking over the phone is so like natural to everybody these days and there are those cadences that we're all so familiar with that silence and all those things are another language yeah but when yeah you, when you you feel that you yeah. you feel that when you're talking to somebody and you know it's 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 something i think it's in fight club or something i can't remember it's some quote where it's like are you mm. really talking you're just waiting for your turn to talk something like are you really listening or waiting for your turn to talk i mean that's yeah. the same exact thing i was i was about to just that's what i was the point i was trying to bring up a minute ago and i've lost the thought of it it reminded me of fight club because he has the you know uh, our narrator keeps going to these places where they think he's dying and um marla singer goes says something to the effect like yeah when you come to these places people think you're dying and they actually really listen to you instead of waiting for their turn to talk and there's so much of that today where people just want to they just value their opinion. They value the way they speak. They value their thoughts way higher than anything else. So it doesn't matter if, you know, they cut you off or they, um, you know, just don't really soak in and take in and pause what they've just been told. Like they're just so ready to share what they have to say. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's nefarious in any way, but nonetheless, people should probably listen more and do less talking. Yeah. And I, I mean, those, <laughs> those, um, I mean, those characters that in fight club, they're, they're catfishing. I mean, for sure. They're acting like they're something else. And it's weird. Um, it, I mean, I guess if we were really trying to put our thumb on it, it's like, what we have to do is we have to not be ourselves to truly reveal ourselves. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's like, it seems like a theme that we're talking about now where it's like, I have to, I have to make people think I'm this thing so that they just will actually fucking listen to me. You know, and like, I remember when I started smoking cigarettes, that was a big part of it. It was like, dude, if I just go, I want to talk to these people. I'm curious about their life. And I remember thinking like, I can't just stand there and like, you know, but if I, if I go and I have a smoke, that's 15, 20 minutes of convert. Like I just, it's a bypass. It's like, you're in the club. Let's talk, you know? Mm. And I remember it's it's almost like a bridge or something like a a bridge to communication. Like, yeah, uh, like you're, you're, what did you say earlier? I can't remember because we got broken up, but, you know, a cigarette is a gateway. It's a gateway into a conversation. Having a podcast, if you met somebody, if I met somebody else that had a podcast, I'd be like, dude, you have a podcast. Let's share our experience. Let's talk about that a little bit. You said something earlier uh, in this conversation. You're like, yeah, I can just, you know, have a conversation about the, the when, when you read a book with someone else. It's like you mm-hmm. have a secret language. Yeah, um, yeah. it's like it I feel that strongly. I mean, I've read, you know, some kind of like fantastical books. You know, and it's like, I mean, imagine if no one had read Harry Potter and then you just met someone who'd read Harry Potter, you would probably just fucking freak out because it's like they know all of these friends of yours and this this whole other world that you lived in for, you know, your childhood. And so it's like to have to read books that like aren't so mainstream and then just to like, I have a hard time. I had a hard time finishing books because I would just be like, once it once that final page is done and you close it. You, you sit there and you're just like you you can give books to people and they won't read it I t- i'm telling you dude mm-hmm. <laughs> that you'll never yeah. see it again and so it's like it it's a it's a sad thing but when it you know i've met people where it's like you read that and you're like what the you know it's very exciting and it's like that's a huge reward and the fact that we can engineer that for ourselves is really really special i mean even this short story like um if i would have read this and then just like you know, had no one to talk about it with, I, it wouldn't have that same like punch. Cause I, you know, I, mm. but like now that we're talking about it and that we've shared this common experience that we've also shared with Dana and that we've also shared with, you know, thousands of other people who've read it, whom we've yet to meet. Like that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just kind of speaks to how we all just as humans crave and seek like communication and connection with one another. We all just want to, you know, have 
our barriers broken down and really share a life experience with somebody, whether that be through, you know, reading the same book or talking for hours on the phone and falling in love or sharing a cigarette. Like we all just kind of want to be heard and be felt and be loved. (laughs) Yeah. Have you heard, have you seen that movie? um, Or I think it's a book too, almost famous. It's got Mm -hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. It's about like a young journalist who follows around a band and like he's having to like cover the band, honestly. And he's talking to Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's like another like tried and true veteran journalist. And like they're having a heart to heart over the phone conversation. And uh, I think the line, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but I'm pretty close. uh, Hoffman's character is saying something like the only true currency in this world are moments that you share with someone when you're being uncool. And like, I remember always thinking about that because like, I'm a person who tries all the fucking time to like make people laugh and be cool and look, you know, at least look not uncool, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, try to do that. But like, when you really think about it, it's those moments where it's like, you are on the phone with someone and you both kind of catch your words and then you just start breaking down and crying and you don't really care that that really are like the tried and true like currency and like that you can pay you know, for your experience and like, you can be confident in other situations because you've had those moments of breaking down and letting loose. And, you know, you felt supported by someone else. Um, and just to have that, you know, I would, it would, there's people out there who don't have that, you know? And it's like, I know that if I was, you know, crying or like something happened, you know, deeply upsetting with me, I could call you and I could lean on you. And like, to know that people don't have that out there is just, excruciating and that's what we're seeing with these characters is like they literally have to like call a stranger fake that they know them develop a thing and like she's got this she's got this practice and Mm -hmm. and then that's how she gets it and it's it's sad that it has to like get to that yeah yeah it's a it's a this story will pull you in multiple different directions and make you feel a wide range of emotions. I would say, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I have a question for you about the ending. So, um, you know, she ends up breaking off all her other phone conversations with guys and she's exclusively talking to this guy. He actually, she actually gives him her number so he can call her whenever and they grow really close with one another and they both admit to falling in love with one another. And, you know, she's contemplating coming clean and coming true to him and, and showing him what she looks like. And she ultimately ends up sending him fake pictures of herself, which obviously would crush the relationship if the truth ever came out. So obviously she knows that that's the dead end. My question to you is, and that's how the story ends. My question to you is, do you think after she sent those fake photos to the guy she fell in love with, do you think she started to call other guys again? I don't know i mean i don't know it sounded like she was just gonna let that run its course um it did but it also like, sounded like she kind of like gave up and she was like it, yeah i mean it didn't sound like she it sounded like she's already learned this lesson multiple multiple times and she's not prepared or brave enough to like you know try to try try to do it for real um you know, and I, I, I think about the end of it is strange because it, it does have that little twist of he might be catfishing her. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's also this this open ended. Po- and this is what's fun about short stories is because, you know, they are short and they they're meant they're to open for it. their interpretation. Yeah. There's also this possibility where he sees those photos and like, fuck, like she'll never, you know, she'll never like like me, you know, mm-hmm. um. Yeah. Which I don't know, guys don't feel that as much as girls because standards are different, but uh, very much so there's a lot of guys who are not confident and are overweight and, you know, very similar situations, more so in history now than ever. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think, sadly, she probably just has her moments with him and um, I don't think she can ever break down those barriers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just taking it all in. Sorry, Levi. I'm trying to pause and soak in whatever you've said to me. 
Oh uh, yeah, but I yeah. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and rate them up. Let's let's rate this up. Wrap it up. One one more thing I will say. I do love the idea that she she talks about this in the short story. I'm not just making this up. Um how she kind of like she has a system of like pulling guys in and she slowly but surely lets a little bit on and on and on and then finally you know they're they're like in a kind of a pseudo relationship and i just i love that idea of like building a relationship not through sex and not through physical acts like really having like make me chase it make me want it make me hold out for it you know what i'm saying yeah i know i totally agree like because back that's what we did back in like high school and shit and you know like we had a really girls weren't easy men weren't weren't easy i guess you could say and like people wanted to wait to do sex (laughs) and uh, courtship and dating is so underrated yeah i mean like it's it's a lot of work it's it's a lot of fucking work and but like that's probably how relationships really build like struct like strong structurally, you know, instead of yeah. just like sand, that's how you build rocks on top of rocks, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. just I really miss that whole idea because now I just feel like men and women both are just so easy to give in to their physical temptations. And and it's not necessarily well, a bad thing, but here's the thing that I've at least picked up in in my dating life is that you're going to end up doing it eventually. You know, you're going to end up having to court this person eventually because there's just <clears throat> there's you're you're both going to start to realize the value of it. And yeah. you're both going to start to realize like, you know what, like we let's just hang out and like let's do this and let's go to this dinner spot and let's talk and let's, you know, the stuff that we kind of skipped out on because we were having fun and getting drunk and going, you know, whatever. It's like, mm. let's, let's do that stuff. Um, you but know, it's so easy it, to tap out. <laughs> it's so easy to be done <laughs> when you're going yeah. through that phase. If you've already introduced like a sexual relationship at the very beginning and then to start going through courtship, I mean, it's so easy to be like, all right, well, I've already seen what this was about. Mm, yeah. No, it, it, it takes it's effort. I mean, I probably I, sound I, like a pig. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think. Yeah, you I think, agree. Uh, I'm piggy pigster. No, I'm just saying, like, uh, that's okay. the natural reality, and you know, whatever, man. We've had we've had a good discussion. We know we know what's up. It's been a good tenth podcast. It has been. Let's go ahead, like you said, rank these up, and we'll be done with ep ten. Ep ten um, sounds like so, the next strain, the next virus. He's got ep ten. <laughs> could be uh hopefully this ep 10 catches on and catches like wildfire to all our listeners and we become big overnight not really i'm not seeking fame anyways the blue jay story with mark twain i give that one blue jay out of five (laughs) i only give it a one blue jay because of his name okay okay i said it um the Ernest hemingway 50 grand story i give it uh three No way. That's hilarious. Out. Dooley, you talk bad about Twain and your internet goes out. <laughs> For real, dude. That's we're recording. Crazy. We're recording. So we Jelly- gotta, okay. <laughs> In the future, I'm putting this down. We gotta read Twain again, and we gotta go yeah. for some. We gotta go for something big, because that's two times where you talk shit about Twain and the internet drops. That's crazy. Sorry, Twain. Um, Jelly and Jack. I'm gonna give it four and a half out of five catfish. Okay, well, I, you froze, so I think we missed the Hemingway. Hemingway. I give it three and a half boxing gloves out of five. Solid story. Every young man should read it. <laughs> And then <laughs> jelly and jack four and a half catfish out of five okay i get it for what it was i liked the twain story i'm gonna give it three um are you saying that out of fear of retaliation no okay <laughs> blinking blinking heavily <laughs> no i actually I, I i mean i i said what i have to say on it i i wasn't it met expectations and i had a good time um fair and it was short. It's like, you know, it is what it is. Um, the Hemingway story. Uh, I, 
you know, I think I would have had gave it like a two, but actually having the discussion with you enlightened me more. I think I'll match your three and a half gloves. Um, and then honestly, with the Spiota, I really, really liked it. There, I could criticize it. I could be a jerk. Um, but man, I might even just go five. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, four and a half if I just, like, don't want to give a perfect score. But I don't know. <laughs> like, it was great. It's a pretty was... damn good story. And I, I yeah. think. And I'm, it's something I'm... we talk about recommending things. It's something that I, I would recommend to lots of people, especially, like, I don't know. Just I, I think it's good for guys to listen to because it gives insight into, um, you know, a lot of things that we don't consider when what, that girls have to go through right uh, with, women's with doubts and their yeah. feelings of uh, and feelings of uh not feeling good enough and stuff like that yeah i was gonna say the same thing echo the same thing i know i've i've had a couple of uh girl listeners women with listeners uh talk to me about this podcast and like it's cool and all but i don't i don't know y'all read a lot of guy stuff we do this is the dude cast but um uh, th- this is a, a short story that i think anybody and everybody should probably read yeah and uh, you know i think that's part of what's fun about the dude cast is like we're coming at some things and it's it's we're doing dude stuff i mean we are two guys but then also like we're i don't think we're like putting up a front and being like yeah 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 beers boobs and baseball i feel like it's like <laughs> we're having you know we're just having open honest discussion um and we're admitting like when we kind of reach the end of our rope, you know, and it's like uh, stories like this really like they make me feel like a better person. I, I, I enjoyed it. But um, so that was episode 10. The dudes cast. Thank you for listening. Next time we will uh, be reading Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Portman. Yeah. Very excited. Very excited. And uh, we will see you all next time. Thank Peace. you for tuning in, guys.